0: Is
1: that what I'm doing? Rough trade what rough trade Radio. rough trade Radio.
0: rough trade Radio. rough trade Radio. rough trade Radio. rough
1: trade
0: Radio. rough
1: trade Radio. rough trade Radio. rough trade Radio. rough trade uh, I'm Emily Waller and today I'm joined by the wonderful Bar Brothers and I've got Brad and Andrew in with me today. Hi guys.
2: Hi Lou. Thanks for having us.
1: You're welcome. How are you? Good. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you've just been, you've flown into Glasgow and you've been sort of swiftly traveling down the UK, down south here to London.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we, by fly, we we drove really fast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we came through uh, Berlin, Cologne, Amsterdam, and uh, I think the first gig was Manchester. Right, Manchester. In, in, in yeah, Canada. we wow, drove okay. from
3: Manchester. Amsterdam
2: to Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Manchester okay. Leeds, then up to Glasgow. And, and now we're here.
1: And now you're here. Yeah. And you're playing Rough Trade East tonight.
2: Yeah, very excited.
1: Very excited. We're really thrilled to have you. Um, so are you are midway through a European tour?
2: C- kind of close to the end. I think close we have um, three shows left.
3: Yep, like yep. London, Winchester, Win- the famous Winchester. The famous
1: Winchester. <laughs>
3: And uh paris
1: lovely, really nice, so your third record, Queens of the Breakers, was released last october yeah um to great critical acclaim, and we love it here at rough trade thanks um and then you supported war on drugs towards the end of last year
2: we did, yeah, um for about How was three that? weeks in in uh, last November um that was amazing they're like yeah, they deserve every bit of success they have they're just so great guys to begin with and um obviously their music is uh really infectious and and uh, they're just on a track it's like it's great to watch a band that has a mission and it feels like they're they're like it's like watching a train move it's like uh yeah and 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 was really nice for us to to get in front of all those folks yeah
1: i actually went to the alexandra palace show oh yeah and uh and saw you guys Oh, cool. Pre pre war drugs and uh, it was packed out. That was really packed out.
3: Yeah, There's ocean of people. It kind of gets dark towards the back, so you really mm. can't even see it's the end of the room. The last thing you see
2: before you uh, as you're leaving the green room, about to take the stage, is a picture of the Rolling Stones uh, from like 1965, right there playing the the same room. And uh, oh yeah, that, I mean legendary room. I'm glad we got to do that because I. I'm I'm suspect w- whether we'll actually ever play it ourselves, uh, you know, our own headline gig. So it's nice to ha- have a chance to play it even as an opener.
1: Sure. Well, yeah. you never know what the future holds. You never
2: know. I'm, <laughs> I'm still optimistic.
1: Great. Um, so this album was it was it like a slightly different direction for you this time from your previous two? Would you say you had a little maybe not a break, but your last record came in 2014.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it was definitely. Uh, some time off the road to make this one and, um, but we did get right at it. Uh, I suppose it was a different direction in, in that, um, instead of, um, uh, me, uh, this is Brad, instead of, uh, me writing the songs kind of in isolation and bringing them to everybody, we, mm-hmm. uh, we went to a, a cabin studio, um, like a couple hours away from our homes and just sort of commenced to playing together and seeing what, what was going to come out, basically just, just jamming. It
3: was uh, no real, like, new formula. Kind of felt a little more like when we were kids and you'd just go down to the basement and and just play music and just yeah. see what comes out yeah instead of, like, working on a song that's already been written. Okay. Which was kind of fun because in some ways there was a bit of a return to some uh, adolescent. Kind of adolescent rock and roll <laughs> roots. <clears throat>
1: Would you say... Would you say you preferred that that method of, of creating an album? Was it was it a bit slower maybe, but it gave you more time to really sort of work on the sound that you wanted and
2: I I did prefer it, actually, yeah. Just because it was it was so fun to be in a, a big open space with kinda of no expectations mm-hmm. and, and just playing and, and seeing what came out and um and the idea also being just for everyone to <clears throat> play the way they wanted to instead of feeling like they had to a- adapt or adjust to fit into this, you know, the parameters of a song that's already constructed. It was kind of like, let's just see how everyone wants to play. Yeah. With the idea being that you're going to be playing these songs for the next couple of years and you want them to come from a place, uh, you know, where you're actually interested, where you're actually uh, invested in the parts yeah. and, and like doing it. But I still think there's a method to making records that we, haven't um quite wrapped our heads around that just where they move a little faster we mm-hmm. we you know we'll we'll record we'll t- we'll go into a studio and and uh you know lay a bunch of stuff down and then spend months and months kind of trying it this way trying m- playing with the, those uh recordings in our in our own little studio um adding this and adding that taking this away sometimes building parts um so there's a whole kind of digital component to it that is great and really effective but I'd like to find a way to to make records a little bit quicker. Okay. I think we might have sort of seen an opening there just because our favorite stuff was like the live takes um a lot of what, what went on there was live takes but we just had to mess with it for so long before yeah. deciding that they, those were the best versions.
3: If you know if people that makes yeah any people sense. often Tell me, they're like, oh, I love the all the layers of of sound going on, and the you know intricate textures. And to me, it kind of sounds like the sound of us going crazy a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think the end result is is nice to listen to. But yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying. There's <clears throat> a bit of collage going on that you know, it's, it's just it's kind of part of our, the process.
2: Yeah, we get a bit obsessive, but. Um, I don't know. Do you make your own recordings? Or, or
1: I, you I, I sadly don't. I'm not. I played the, the flute when I was young. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yeah, to grade five. We should get your uh, number,
2: shouldn't we? It's <laughs> good, to have a, good to have a flutist on uh, a <laughs> yeah. flautist.
1: I played in Winchester, as ah. it happens, obviously. Ah, yeah. um,
2: they'll know you down there when we go. Well,
1: yeah. maybe, maybe not anymore. This was ten years ago, but okay. I go home occasionally. Um, great. And I've read um, that you've both become fathers in between records two and three did that how did that play a part in maybe your third record did it have a lot of influence did it change anything up
2: um it it did um i mean probably the biggest influence for me was that i i couldn't find the time to write music anymore so Mm -hmm. uh, like my my whole kind of routine was upended um in a good way i mean it was you know upended by a, a, a beautiful little son who has uh, become a, a really wonderful person. But it changes. It changed my, my method. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't sit on the couch or lay in my bed at 3 in the morning just coming up with words. So it did sort of slow down that process, which get, did give birth to the idea of let's extract ourselves uh, for, you know, these chunks of time, for, mm-hmm. you know, five, seven days at a time. Um, it... <clears throat> So it did it did influence the record not necessarily in the way that um most people might think like I didn't I, I guess um well and as a songwriter it uh, suddenly I was much less interested in my own uh version of the world um mm-hmm. and much more interested in his so I, I had to I guess dig a little deeper for uh or or dig elsewhere for inspiration for the lyrics and it did lead me to some uh sort of i don't know i guess um a new inspiration and and in in, in, a, in the in the form of kind of my own childhood mm-hmm. my own sort of adolescent days and and i guess that's what that record uh kind of represents to me lyrically is is a, is a lot of looking back i guess nostalgically but but kind of with a uh a bit of tongue in cheek i guess
1: yeah hmm. and what do you what do you play it to your son when he's a little bit older. How old is he now?
2: Uh he's three and a half. Okay. and Andrew has it uh eleven. Month eleven old. month old, yeah. Um he he recognized it and he picks up on it and he uh, he's um he's actually the first voice you hear on the record. Oh really? Yeah, the first uh, vocalization is is Eli. I think he he was probably only about two and a half then. But um yeah, he's yelling uh hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh wow i didn't know that
2: yeah if you yeah you'll hear this little voice going
1: (laughs) and um the title of the album can you tell me a bit about where that where that comes from
2: sure yeah uh as i mentioned it it was uh i ended up kind of going back and thinking about these old friends of mine um when I was, yeah, stuck for lyrics, I don't know, I suddenly, something just kind of opened up about, um, to me about my, my old relationships, people I hadn't spoken with and seen in a while, but who were really instrumental in kind of shaping who I became, you know, the people I went through a lot of those first things with, um, yeah. who were as important as anyone else in my life. And, um, I guess I started, I wanted to, some tribute to them or part of me felt like I I wanted to write them into a song and um and I kind of on uh, yeah na- I I named the gang Queens of the Breakers that wasn't a name we ever gave ourselves but um in the midst of writing the song a uh, memory popped out about how we had all uh taken LSD and gone to a the Breakers mansion in Newport which used to be the home of the Vanderbilts in the 1800s and okay is now, uh, a museum and, uh, yeah, we were, we were maybe 15 or 16 and, um, dressed up in my friend's mother's clothing and, uh, you know, hallucinating and took a tour of that mansion. And so I, I, yeah, I named the record, I named the song Queens of the Breakers because, uh, I guess that's, we were just a bunch of sort of cross-dressing, uh, little lunatics (laughs) and, it seemed poetic enough, yeah. um, so I ran with it, and then that became the title of the record.
1: Cool, that's great. That would never be what I would expect oh, no. <laughs> the story to be behind the title, but
2: I should—I I don't know—I've thought about tailoring that one, but you know, I'm especially I, I don't advocate taking LSD uh, unless you're like in a really comfortable situation with good people and, and completely secure. In your, uh, in you know what's going on. Although who's ever completely secure? Right? What's <laughs> going on?
1: No one, no one. Um. So what's what's coming up for you guys for this year? Are you touring extensively, doing festivals, mm-hmm. taking a break?
3: I think we're when we return home, we're going to tour around uh, Quebec, mm-hmm. which is where we're from, from Montreal. Uh, and so the province of Quebec has a lot of great small, rustic little towns, all within an hour of. of of home. So we're going to do a couple weeks of that and then uh, take some time to hang out with the families yep. and then uh, get ready for, yeah, festival season. I think we'll be back in the UK a couple times this summer. Awesome. Yep. Um, and yeah, traveling around Europe and the US and Canada playing festivals, which is great. I think we're going to Greece. Greece. Yeah. Festival yeah, in I Greece. Think Latvia, maybe. wow. Oh, yeah. Some new places.
1: These, yeah, I was going to say, these old places? Yeah, I've been before.
2: I mean, never dreamed of I me, mean, I've always wanted to go. That's like been number one on my list of places to visit, but uh I never imagined we'd be playing there. Yeah. And uh right. yeah, we um um our our heart player Sarah Page has uh she's had to leave the group for a little while. We don't we're we're kinda of giving her the space she needs to um kind of do her own thing. So we're also in you know, kind of transition as mm-hmm. well. She's been a big part of yeah. who the band is and our our identity and our sound and um so that's that's i guess it should be mentioned that it's something we're also kind of working through um seeing it you know seeing it as much as an opportunity to to try all kinds of new things yeah. um as well as you know lamenting her departure but uh but so far it's been great we've had um our bass player morgan uh his wife lisa has been on the road with us and she's playing Kalimba and pump organ and Wurlitzer and doing freaky things and she's a great singer so it's
1: been so kind of a real birth of like collaboration and experimentation and yeah, yeah. Montreal's
3: Montreal is a great city for that like there's a lot of incredibly talented and uh, kind of uh, experimental experiment experimentally minded musicians and people are game for playing with each other all the time it's a real kind of collaborative city so. So. We'll often go on tour and just grab somebody new that hasn't been with us before yeah. to come play. You know, a French horn or a extra percussion. Or
1: yeah.
2: I don't think you can say grab anymore. On a, oh,
3: you can't grab people. Right. You can't grab people. No. No. Um, you can. You can. Um, <laughs> we kidnap, coer- coerce. <laughs> yeah. <Boring. or> kidnap.
1: Kidnap. <laughs> um, awesome. I guess that's kind of like the beauty of the way your band is—that you can work with lots of so many different people and different instruments and textiles and sounds and
2: we're learning we're learning that as well yeah. yeah
1: it's exciting cool so i've asked you here today to chat about some of your favorite records um and you've each selected a couple each mm-hmm. um so who wants to kick off with talking about the first one
3: sure ahead. i will i'm gonna start <coughs> over in uh, mali west africa which is um an amazing country for music um a lot of African stars have come out of there. And I got to travel over there when I was 19 mm-hmm. and study drumming, which was like a life highlight. It was a dream I'd had for a long time. Amazing. And when I was over there, I bought a bunch of cassette tapes. And one of them was by a, a female singer named Umu Sangare, who's amazing. And on the plane ride back home, I ended up sitting next to her on the flight. Haphazardly. Actually. Haphazardly, yeah. Wow. I just sat down, and I literally had my, this was dating me, I had my Walkman with cassettes. <laughs> this is like ninety ninety seven. 97. Yep, 1997. Okay. And I uh, was listening to the cassettes, and kind of. she looked over at me, and she said, hey, I'm Umu Sangre. I was like, I didn't even really know who she was yet, because I hadn't learned the names of the tapes. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you're Umu Sangre. I didn't really know what she was saying. Then I looked at the tape I was listening to. It's Umu Sangre, And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I love this. And then that was my introduction to her. And then over the next, you know, 20 years, I've been obsessed with everything she's done. I love her. We got to meet meet her and, and play a show with her a couple of years ago. Uh, she's a wonderful singer. She's like a staunch feminist uh, in Mali and just stands for all the right things and always has a killer band. And so this song is called donso And uh, I love the way all the instrument sound out of the uh, Ngoni is the instrument you're hearing a lot of it's like a little um almost like a little guitar yeah it's kind of like the core, uh kind of like a kora but with less strings and uh yeah here's one of my favorite umu Sangre tracks listen awesome. off the album sea
4: ko duno ya remolo la panthe tu no ya la sabari ko soura ko ma fay la molu sabeli dum madam wen fani na ma reva kan sonso kana konye ke kan tire molu kan sonno gure na ko chesri fente kan so so guela konye mbeke nyae molu kan so so son sramala son sramala duno Ka neso ngulo jaranna ko gri ka fente ka sonenguna ko nyodo ma nya ko molo lolo mbaro o kala do ngreere baro o bara min ka fsanta bembrare ko lula mo mojo anemba mojo tajinota foke furare na mo bonje mo mojo kru shamwanu wa keleni mo ta fo nyala nyegeme ne ko diala I'm All right. Sabbath, so you dans son nom ona molo lolo lolo ay ma lo sayama ni wolo fasri ki saye non sara na lañe bare sangare bare bare sangare bare siro jogwane bare la rojo wor ne wolo fa bre la saye bela toyoko make sayama ngle fo jomben ko ay ma lo ya tarola burama bugu prama e jbalere tonya
2: So I've chosen a song here. I'm I'm prepared to catch some hell for this, especially over here in England for <laughs> what I'm about to say. But um <laughs> uh, I've come up with this theory. I lately um driving my kid around, I found the only music I really wanted to listen to in the car with him was the Beatles and the Beastie Boys. And he really wants to listen to the Beatles and the Beastie Boys and um not the only music, but just sort of gravitating to those two groups in particular and um <clears throat> and i started developing this this notion of having this this theory that um the beastie boys did for our generation meaning uh like you know kids growing up in the 80s and early 90s um what the beatles did for their generation and um this is where I'm pro- i might catch some hell but uh hear me out <laughs> um <clears throat> So this is just culturally speaking, not necessarily you know musically or talent wise, but okay. just culturally what uh, if you think about it, they're both uh both bands are are a gang of guys from the same town. they both um they both took a a relatively new form of african American music and um put their own spin on it and then made it actually like accessible to white kids and radio. Because uh, before that, you know, before the Beatles, like, rock and roll was, you know, not a lot of stations were playing rock and roll. Maybe a little Elvis here, but the Be- yeah. Beatles made it, you know, ubiquitous. Beastie Boys, same with hip-hop. We I was 10 years old when uh, License Ill came out, and, and we were all suddenly listening to hip-hop. Um, and then they all, you know, but they were also all kind of seen as a bit jokey, a bit kind of poppy, and, like, maybe a fad that was going to go away. Mm-hmm. And... um and then they, both bands kind of had this period of going underground a little bit. The Beastie Boys disappeared after their first record for until Paul's Boutique. The Beatles kind of did the same before Sergeant Pepper's, and then both bands emerged with this kind of masterpiece, mm-hmm. uh, Sergeant Pepper's and, and Paul's Boutique, that you mm-hmm. know no one had ever heard anything like it before, and suddenly they were like, being taken very seriously. Um, and then they both lost a member and couldn't, uh, anyway, I could, I could go on. So lots uh,
1: of similarities.
2: A lot, lot of similarities culturally. Obviously the Beatles have contributed so much more in, in terms of like the, the songs of, of, of our, uh, culture here. Um, can't really say so much about that, that about the Beastie Boys, but just culturally what they, what they did for their kind of particular genres and bringing that music to a, a popular level, um. It's just a theory. I'm ready. I'm ready for you know, the the counterpoint to that. But um, so I picked uh, off this. Uh, this is um, check your head, and um, I picked uh, what you want. So what you want. Mario,
1: So, record three.
3: Record three, okay, I chose uh, Joni Mitchell's Hegira. Uh, I figured we'd go with a Canadian here. Um, And, yeah, the song I'm picking off this is a beautiful song called Amelia, which is, um, it's really sparse. It's got her incredible guitar playing, and, um, yeah, it's this kind of, like, mythical song that kind of combines like a desert journey with uh, Amelia Earhart's trip where she disappeared. Kind of just has this, uh, this is these kind of two stories going on about just doing, take, taking a trip that you have to take. I think it was a breakup song Mm -hmm. for her. And uh, yeah, it's just got this kind of going off into the, into the uh, unknown. And she really captures it in this one. So this is Amelia by Joni Mitchell.
5: The postcard charm tell Amelia it was just a false alarm
2: finally the last song here i've chosen uh one of my favorite um delta blues artists this is uh charlie patton um the only records you can find by him are compilations or something he's uh yeah included on um this one looks like a pretty comprehensive compilation of of his songs only and uh i might actually buy this um yeah he was one of the i, I don't know kind of original like gangster rock stars back, you know, in the, in the thirties and, uh, early forties. Um, you know, he was, you he had a reputation, um, for drinking a lot and partying and, and, you know, carrying guns and stuff. Uh, he also just was known for, he could sing, you know, they didn't have PA systems back then. Mm -hmm. So people would fill these dance halls to listen to him playing And acoustic guitar and singing and apparently they were just these like they were completely raucous um parties and people dancing and and he would just sing so loud and play guitar so loud that he could keep these things going I I can't imagine anyone doing that these days yeah um yeah so my the track I I love is uh hanging on the wall and I, I really feel like you can hear um a lot of what's about to come in terms of uh even even in like hip hop like just his phrasing is so syncopated and it's kind of rapid fire um you know and it also incorporates a lot of some ragtime and you know just really uh emblematic of 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 that genre of that uh time in in American history mm-hmm. and and kind of signifying what's uh on the horizon so this is Hanging on the wall by Charlie Patton. Just say you'll
6: bring your ragged on the wall. Out of what I can't you put ball. You'll bring your ragged on the wall. Out of what I can't put ball, sweet jelly. My robe. Feet mouse, you let it flow. I ain't got nobody now. I'll fool around, I mean. When the sun go down. I, I and my brown bows together. My robe. Oh, she let it flow. Just touch, you can grab it, you can bring it, you can put it in a way. That I'll suck it get it, so I had my right mind, I said, I know all the time about the jelly. My Marrow, treatin' mama what she let it flow. Just hang it on the wall. I don't want to care. Tomorrow, sweet you let it flow Just that you grab it, you grab it, you grab it, you it in the weeds that i forget it, Hey, you had about let it flow. you can it, kid, you it, you can hang it on the wall. when a kid, you put You can bring it, you can hang it on the wall. Hotter when a cheer you put fall. Sweet jelly. Tomorrow, sweet mons, you let it flow. Everybody got a jello roll oh, like my It's cool around. I mean, when the sun went down, I, I and my brown bottle jello, my roll, three months you let it fall. Just shake it, you can hang it on the wall. How the weather? Kids just went not fall. Just shake it, you can hang it on the wall. How the weather? Kids just won't fall. Sweet jello, my roll, three months you let it fall. Everybody got a jello roll like my I live in town. I mean. As the sun went down, ah, oh, ah, in my brown 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 jello. Tomorrow. Three maw, she let it fall. Just a it, you can bring it to the hank it on the wall. I don't want to the football. Just a bring it you can know, hang it on the wall. I don't want to change the footfall, you know, sweet jello. You know. Tomorrow. Sweet maw, she let it fall. Everybody. Ah, oh, sure, baby, she didn't put it ah. You know. I can't do it, ah. You know. Back to town again, Tomorrow, my
1: to let it so just before I'm going to ask you to choose one of your tracks from your latest record, uh, but just before that, I just want to say thank you so much for coming thank in you, and Emily. talking to us. Yeah, thank you. you. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And nice. congratulations on a new record and good luck for the rest of 2018 and beyond and your festivals and your family time and everything. And uh, we're really excited to watch you guys tonight. Thank you. Hope you well, have a good gig. and
2: good, good luck to you as well. Thank you. 2018. I hope thanks. it's a good one for well, you. Well, actually,
1: I got um, for Christmas, I got drumming lessons oh. from my boyfriend. So yeah. that is what my 2018 is going to be. Oh, he's so giving you the, the, the lessons drums. or he's buying no, you he's, the lessons? No, he's bought me a, oh, yeah. a series of lessons. Wow. So I've oh, never wow. played the drums before, but I've always like wanted to try. Okay. So I might be horrendous, but I figure...
3: Go for Keep it. Going. Just go for it. Yeah. Drumming is a strange art where all of a sudden things just start to click. It's just like muscle a lot of muscle memory and you'll get it. I want to see it. We'll check back in with you in a okay. year.
1: Please do. Are there, yeah. 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 I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm just really excited, but also really nervous. Because I'm nervous that I'm not gonna be able to get it right.
3: You'll get it. Yeah. Play along to records really loud in your okay. head, you know, in your headphones. Yeah. And you'll kind of think you're doing exactly what they're doing. Okay. And you might be doing nothing like what they're doing. But, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you just are, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know it, when people listen to music and they, like, pretend to play the guitar? Yeah, I always yeah. pretend to drum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is what I figured, like, give it a whirl. Because it's obviously, like, instinctively something I want to try. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think that's when he got really good. He started, yeah, blasting music in his headphones and just, you know, uh, what I was hearing was, uh, outside the headphones, is probably much different than what he was
3: hearing or thinking or feeling. But. Yeah, it it clicks. Maybe you can figure out how to play the flute and the drums at the same time. I
1: know. Well, this would be quite a talent. Yeah, mm. I feel like surely someone will pick me up to join their band if I can do those. Yeah, together.
2: Maybe we will. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's that's my aim. That's there my that's my goal. <laughs> um. So, what track would you like to play us?
2: Um. Uh, <clears throat> let's do the first song, Defibrillation. It's uh, it's cool. It's kind of got um. It's got this drum beat that Andrew. While well, we're you know, since we're on the subject of drumming, it's got a a drum beat that Andrew came up with um, after listening to. He was in a uh, emergency room waiting room uh, as our mom was getting us some stitches, uh, and he overheard these two EKG machines, um, presumably monitoring two patients somewhere on the wing, mm-hmm. uh, who he couldn't see, but he could hear the machines, and they were doing this very strange kind of um, oblong, long, long form rhythm and, and like lining up every once, you know, every like 15 beats or something they'd, and they'd click together and then they'd go off again. And he, in the three hours that he sat there, he mapped out the rhythm and then got home and put it on the drum set, uh, Mm -hmm. send me an email that night. And, uh, and I wrote this song on it really easily just kind of poured out one of the last songs we wrote for the record and one of the sort of easiest to write so that's got to uh, says something to me when when songs come easy like that.
3: Yeah. Um, and it also features uh, some great singers, uh, the girls from the band Lucius, mm-hmm. who I think they're on tour actually now with Roger Waters, oh, singing wow. with him. And that's a great band to check out, too.
1: Cool. Awesome. Sorry.
3: Um, yeah. The song's called Defibrillation. Taking hit once again.
5: Trade Radio.
0: Gengar. If we just don't what we care.
3: Where Wildness Grows.
0: It always gets so out here.
3: Available in store and online
0: at roughtrade.com. I know that you don't understand now.